Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand, Grand, Grand Podcast! That almost sounded like I was excited. It's a weekly podcast on the state of the world. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. And this week we're going to do some more leftist hand-wringing, whinging and complaining and trying to figure out where it all went wrong and how we're going to do anything about any of this. Yes. <laughs> um, it's tricky not to feel like it's a bit of a... not to resign oneself to the situation, mm. frankly. I feel like picking a... I still think that... You know, as long as we... The only thing we don't have time to fuck about with is the climate catastrophe. Uh, yeah, Sorry, well, Auntie Annette. Forget about it. Uh, it's all <laughs> it's about not... getting Brexit done now. And then once... Uh, in ten years, once we've got Brexit done, then we'll be like, OK, let's move on to climate catastrophe. Right, right. It seems like we need some sort of, like, global consensus or certainly, like, in the sort of neighbouring countries' consensus. Now, how are we going to achieve that? Some sort of union... <laughs> And then it'll all be over. <laughs> the game over. We did try. It is hard not to want to shout at people about the environment when you drive through the south of England and it's all like underwater, which is how we left. When we left the M23 out of Brighton was closed due to flooding. So we had to go. Uh, thanks. Thanks to our overlords, Google, mm. for being aware of that and uh, redirecting us on a different path. But... Um, <sighs> Real problems. We're going to talk about what... Um, hope, I, I think if we can start to figure out what we actually can control, because there is no point getting upset about things we can't control, and I cannot control Boris Johnson or The Sun or, I mean, either kinds of The Sun. Um, but what maybe we can control our relationships with people with mostly similar views to us. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. I think what I'm interested to see, like in the darkest thinkings, are things like, you know, how does, how does the, you know, the, I mean, I understand that a great deal of the NHS has already been privatised, but I wonder how, how the steps towards, how they're going to slowly boil us in water, be like visiting a GP is suddenly five pounds. Oh, five pounds isn't much, let's just pay it. (laughs) And then, Mm. and then it'll be... Uh, you know, then it'll be, then it'll all slowly dial up, dial up, and we'll be in a situation where, if you haven't got money, you don't get to live. Uh, that's my. These are some of my darkest thoughts. Uh, weirdly, the world situation I find less. Uh, I find it more easy to deal with than my uh, my sibling situation. I'm having a bit of an issue with one of my siblings, which is. Making life a little bit harder to deal with for me. And there are um, probably some allegories, aren't there? Like the closer you are to someone, the more you know them, the more you've got in common. In a way, it just, I just we really get obsessed over the little things sometimes. But what does it take to make everyone join together as a family? And you need a sort of external, some sort of squid invasion. By the way, have you seen? <laughs> have you seen Watchmen? Because it's very good. No, I've, TV I've, series I've is been very good. trying to work out what, what, what of the many things I subscribe to I can watch it on. Oh, um, and now TV, if anything? Yeah. I don't know. Um, too good, too good. 
well, it's very good. It's surprising and much more in spirit of the graphic novel than the uh, the film was. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I did, I have stumbled upon. I stumbled upon last night. I, um, I literally Googled what shall I watch tonight or something. Uh, and then uh, there's that website, what movie shall I watch? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it what movie shall I watch tonight? Maybe dot com yeah. and uh, watched something called like I've had enough of this world and I don't belong here anymore or something, which is kind On of a Netflix. dark. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw um, that. It's well, got someone. It's got really... like what's his face in it, hasn't it? Hobbit man. Um, yeah. Is that who? Is that who it was? Yeah. Oh yes, I recognise him now, but I didn't think of it. I, it was one of those <laughs> films I didn't really watch in that. What have they been in yeah. mode? I just watched I had no pre we were just like oh that looks good click because mm. we brought our projector screen and our projector with us mm. so we can actually watch movies there's it's still really a, there's still music playing under this <laughs> all right let's um let's get, let's get the let's let the music swell and then we'll start talking Watched anything good recently? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I also watched Titans. Mm-hmm. Nick's not convinced. Titans? No, I've not heard of that. Sounds rubbish. It's another already. one of those Marvel, Marvel Titans. jobbies. Titans. Mm. Titans. It is Titans. Yes, it's Titans. Netflix again. Jeff. <sighs> uh, I've not seen that one. Okay. Anyway. Oh, it's DC. So I mean, like, come on, get your, uh, oh, get your facts straight. <laughs> sorry, sorry, spat comic people. There was a very not big uh, schism between those two uh, worlds again. Oh no! People that like I'm comics not... for some reason have polarized into very opinionated factions that which comic is the right one to like and which one is bad. So, like anything you do, to, to is, the outside it's is... just like oh those nerds like comic book movies, and then from the inside it's like. Batman versus Superman is one of the most horrific cinematic experiences. Do not compare it to the genius of what Marvel's cinematic universe managed to achieve and set the standard for the industry <laughs> by having some sort of creative sort of coherence oh. and uh, vision. So is there any hope for humanity <laughs> given that give it give us anything to argue about and we will argue about we it. We will just infight. Christians will splinter into Christians that don't think priests should be creepy celibate guys. They think they should get married, which I think is probably quite good. It's like there's a they dig into the detail of anything and you start to disagree with things. I want to tell a story, a beautiful story. Oh, come on. In um I need to find out the year. Ruby on Rails. Oh yeah. It's an open source framework for creating websites uh, that was first released in 2005, the end of 2005, 2006. And it was a very opinionated but powerful platform and lots of developers jumped on it and got excited about it at the time because it was a really brilliant alternative. It was like socialism to Microsoft's fascism i don't know like it was it was sort of like oh this is something that has come from the ground up it's nicely designed and it's kind of like a breath of fresh air after everything we've been used to as with any open source thing like a couple of years went by and then 
it, you know, it had some problems and then someone goes away and creates this, their own framework, which is similar. It's in the same programming language, but it sort of takes a slightly different approach because they're like, oh, we believe that we don't want to sacrifice performance for the sort of developer joy. To, we, we think we can have both, but like we want to kind of like optimize it whereas the creator of rails didn't wasn't really interested in sort of optimizing performance because he just thought that it being pleasant to work with was the most important thing so this schism started to widen in the ruby community and usually what happens is like we've seen in open source that these just become you get one schism and then you get another one and another one and each one fractures down into smaller and smaller more more and more half-baked ideas of what it should be because people just cannot get over their like objection to some design decision but what the ruby on rails and merb is this other framework community did was they sat down in a room and they worked out their differences and they realized that ultimately they did all want the same thing so they made a big announcement where they said, no, we're, we're actually mer merging the great stuff from Merb into Rails. We're, turning, we're rebuilding Ruby on Rails so to use these principles of performance and things from this other framework. And we're going to join forces and we're just going to, it's going to be Ruby on Rails and it's just going to be brilliant now. And we're going to take into account all of those sort of objections. And, and Ruby on Rails is still going to this day. And I thought that was a wonderful parable of a community that could just as easily have fractured into sort of tiny micro communities talking to each other and realizing that they were better together so how did this come about the sitting down that is a very good question is that was there some leadership involved perhaps well one of the great things about ruby on rails was always that it had this really strong leadership which is actually relatively unusual in the open source community because people kind of, they have this sort of technical opinions and, and this kind of thing. But in terms of, you know, we saw it in Mark Shuttleworth. He wasn't a great leader for an open source community. No. Sort of superficially, maybe a little bit, but when it came to the day to day, it was just no good. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how he did it. It was just very charismatic, this David Hennemeyer Hansen. And the other, I guess they were both thoughtful. They were opinionated, but... I don't know. I think it might have just been a perfect storm of people that were actually prepared to listen to each other. Well, that is a good story. It reminds me of this movie we watched the other night <laughs> called Klaus. That's also very, it's obviously a Christmassy type film. It's, it's, you should watch it. It's mm. nice. They all live happily ever after because one selfless act invites another. Mm. Was the was the theory of behind this film? I've been noticing a lot more the uh, the sort of educational thread or the moral of the story a lot more because I'm watching stories with my child, and so I'm a bit I'm sort of questioning a bit more what she's watching. Mm. But Klaus was very nice. It was again the, the this uh, posty moves to a village that is divided down the middle, and everyone's always fighting each other. And then he, they all get glued together through the magic of Christmas and giving presents to each other. Ah. <laughs> do you know, uh, do you know um, like, I've seen my three-year-old niece. Uh, it's amazing how much indoctrination it takes to get someone into that kind of, like, I want presents attitude. Surprising amount. She's a bit overwhelmed because she just had her birthday in December and now she's got Christmas as well. I noticed that it doesn't 
seem to come that naturally. And you probably know this as well, this idea that I'm going to get loads of presents from no, Santa. He... And actually, like, my poor little uh, niece was, like, crying that she, you know, she wouldn't go to sleep because she was scared that Santa was going to come into her room. She's like, I don't <laughs> want Santa to come into my room. And lots yeah, of bargaining but... had to be done. But then I heard her through the wall in the morning as she was shown the stocking that had been delivered. And she was like, And just, like, just sort of like disbelief that she was getting all this stuff. It's so overwhelming. Yeah. I think it's quite, it's actually, some of it is quite cruel. Mm. Because my, um, so first of all, my daughter had the experience of the elf on the shelf at somebody's house. Have you encountered uh, the elf on the shelf? Uh, no. It's an elf that Santa sends ahead of Christmas. Oh. Comes with a book right. and it's watching you. Oh, cool. And when you wake up in the morning, it's in a different place in the house. Now, her English nursery had one, but I don't think it had registered really. I mean, she doesn't give a stuff about the elf on the shelf. And then she went for a sleepover at someone's house and they'd got an elf on the shelf. And she was totally freaked out. And the father had to promise to lock the, shelf, the elf in a cupboard mm. to make sure that it didn't come into the bedroom at night because she didn't want an elf creeping around in the bedroom mm. while she was asleep. I mean, I think that's a perfectly These reasonable all response. understandable human reactions. And it's just, it's, like, it's, like, it's just such a shame that we, like, it just reminds me of the alcohol thing. You're sort of indoctrinated into alcohol. And um, yeah. it's like to indoctrinate people into sort of materialism at a young age, yeah, it feels it absolutely yeah. a bit irresponsible. Oh, on our family secret Santa, my brother, he brought her her... So we had a fake Christmas, mm. we call it, on the 13th. Mm. And my brother had brought her her actual Christmas present, mm. but he'd also wrapped up a couple of satsumas mm. as a, like a trick first present, which one could argue is quite cruel. But she, when she unwrapped it, she went... Oh, Satsuma's my favourite. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, so she passed the, the uh, materialism test. Yeah. But, but the thing about Christmas Day, like, it's, we didn't, we bought her a thing, you know, like a little thing that we'd mm. seen in a, she likes gardening with me. So I brought her some secondhand little children's gardening sets. So it had gloves and a trowel and mm. a little bucket and stuff. She was delighted. Yeah. Uh, but we said Father Christmas had brought it. And my, um, but she just had too many things. By yeah. five o'clock in the afternoon, she was totally kind of, you couldn't talk to her. So I've squirreled, most of it I've hidden now because there's just no point. And, and now she's quite happily, one thing I have cracked is uh, Lego. Yeah. Or Disney princess Lego. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So now she plays with Lego because she's made lots of castles and there's a Cinderella and a Rapunzel and a, and a Elsa mm. and a fire engine and a fireman and an ogre. <laughs> so, but, you know, they're all mixed in together. And uh, but it's, that's taken me. But now she's like, come on, mummy, we need to do a story. So that sort of stuff. But she, I mean, it's just too much. Yeah, and you do have to teach them. Yeah, they're yeah. not they're not naturally. Well, I think we didn't do what I think my house didn't do, and I wished sort of my little niece maybe had been brought into that a bit more. Is it, if if it at least was made about the giving of presents more than the receiving of presents, and because we didn't even like put out milk and biscuit cookies or whatever for Santa or anything, oh, so it's sort okay. of like I would I, th wow. I feel like it would be 
nicer to focus on the giving and less on the receiving. But it seems like all we did was the receiving. And actually our house, yeah, with right. well, after there's five children um, kicking around, uh, so to speak, it, like I, I just felt there was no clear surface in the yeah. whole like I, I i kind of moved like took the camera through the house and sent it to sharon and she just like replied that it was like hoarders just looks like one of those hoarders shows on tv because like everything is just a pile of objects yeah. and you know yeah but i mean a bit my, intense really our, our lot um did i mean my family aren't, aren't aren't big on all the presents nick's dad gave some money for her and then we went out and we bought I did a thing where on the labels I put um granddad wrote to Santa and said that you might like this because mm. we bought her something from uh Nick's dad mm. um and so she sort of like there was this more of a it was in cahoots with <laughs> mm. and then but I just I think it's a funny... Anyway, she had a lovely day and we let it all be about her and we played Lego and we dressed up as Rapunzel and, you know, we did our Elsa hair and, you know, it all... It was totally her... Um, a day for for her to play with these things. But, you know, I, I, to give her... A, as a four-year-old, all she really wanted was a Rapunzel dress mm. and she's consistently asked that for, for that since her little mate that came on a play date he had a Rapunzel dress and she was like I want one he said well why don't you ask Father Christmas yeah. she was like genius I'll do that <laughs> so she's been very consistent on that I want a Rapunzel dress for Christmas mm-hmm. so my mum found her a second hand one on eBay and so again we did Granny wrote to Santa and yeah. Santa said that you might like this I don't really understand this um, attributing these gifts to Santa because again I think that kind of takes the wind out of the whole it's about giving thing that I think would make it well, a bit d- of a more positive thing. It's like, why is Santa doing all this? Well, she she did. She was very concerned that Nick and I didn't have any presents. Yeah. Because if Nick's mum hadn't... Nick's mum does like shopping mm. and she does like to... That's how she expresses love through gift giving is the most positive way to view it. So she bought us a couple of T-shirts each and... Um, and so my daughter's very concerned that we didn't, we only had one thing and how, you know, mm. we were like, so she was aware of us receiving, but you kind of, the, there is a bit of magic to this magical creature. Um, I mean, we managed to maintain the myth, myth of Father Christmas to my sister for years because she came mm. home from school as, I don't know, seven, eight year old going, but, and it's, it's kind of nice to have, and we did leave out the mince pie and the carrot and the milk and all that business. Maybe it's like an abstract interface to the materialism. Like if you don't, because the problem is in our house, it's like Santa gives you a stocking. So yeah. this is like independent, decoupled from the sibling to sibling gifting right. and parent to sibling. And, and yeah. so you get this, like when there's nine of us, you get this kind of web of one present to each person, one from each person. One. So it's kind of like in programming terms, if you abstracted that into Santa and then one or two or three siblings could, you could coordinate into what came through Santa. Yeah. And then it could be a more manageable number of presents ultimately because you didn't have to kind of have this total coverage of every single node needs to be connected to every single other node with the same strength. Yeah, and yeah. really... <laughs> Geeking out in this explanation. <laughs> ah, family secret it, Santa worked quite well, I have to say. I'm not very good at everyone. Anyone knows me knows I'm not very good at buying presents. It's not no, right. just, it's not what I do. But I also some, sometimes even receiving presents, I find it very uncomfortable. 
It's like somebody said to me, like, I was like, do you, I was like, I don't, I don't really like presents. Like, they're always disappointing. And there is, like, there is a bit of like, I mean, it's just not true really that they're always disappointing. I've had some wonderful ones, but they just, it freaks me out. I, it's like, oh, well, now there's this book I've got to read. Uh, now there's this thing I've got to plant in the garden. When am I going to do that? Now, you know, like, you sort of, oh, now I've got to make this biscuit. But even then, like, at least it's, it's when it's like, especially if you've been through that Marie Kondo thing of, like, okay, anything that doesn't spark joy, I'm going to get rid of. And yeah. then you remember that, like, you just discover that a lot of that stuff is st- gifts that you were holding on to because they were a gift. And it's like, yeah, but I, I got no use for this object. And yeah. it was given to me as part of this kind of, understanding that we all have that we have to exchange a certain number of presents but you know but you know our next door neighbor who lives downstairs that like they they're downstairs we're upstairs sharon put out a present for them which she always does you yeah. know this guy's a bit of a dick um it's just been sat there they they appear to be refusing to accept it really yep and i so i stuck a post-it note on like wrote happy Christmas and came, went away came back a few days later still sat there in. on the skirting board they're in yeah the light was on yesterday when I came back it's just like I mean you have to be some kind of arsehole to not accept a present yeah. don't you that is ar- that is arseholery next level arseholery <laughs> really is so, that and really it's like <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah it might feel like you're being given a sort of um like this reciprocal an obligation yeah you've been given this obligation so it's like ah oh, why are you making me ob- obliged yeah but uh it's like when else are you, what else are we gonna do yeah i think it's very my, my one thing i've enjoyed coming back here so we arrived the day before christmas eve or maybe the day before that and Everybody is, this is a small place, it's a village. I think it's got 1,200 permanent inhabitants. There are lots of people walking up to us and saying, Merry Christmas and shaking hands. Mm. And that is quite nice. Yes. This kind of like, hello, I recognise you as part of this community. Shake hands, happy Christmas, happy new year, off we go. And it's that is quite pleasant. And that's what these kind of festivities i feel are about so giving a gift to your neighbor this is the time of year when you do that it's a kind of a handshaking thing isn't it hello fellow human who lives in very close proximity to me merry festivities just snap us out of our flipping our own little worlds and remind us that especially when it's like dark and gloomy just uh think about each other a bit and i know i'm like you know even if it's just f- like lip service you know yeah yes yeah. at least it's better than nothing i can't oh yeah I don't, I don't i'm trying to think of some some analogies to your neighbor not taking presents <laughs> that's quite that's quite rude really oh yeah i mean it's certainly rude there's no doubt about that <laughs> no, that's like... Like, jesus come on I did send some happy holidays cards. Did you? Well, not cards, but just little, like a little picture I made in over on my phone just to basically say, 
just as a reason to just remind some people that I'm thinking about them kind of thing. Yeah. More like on a business level than a sort of a, <laughs> I've done, we, yeah. a sort of personal level. But even I, I had to go sort of um, abstract away any, cause I think I don't even know what sort of religious what anything but I, i'm not even that into the you know i don't really give a shit about the religious angle of it i just like it as a celebration something to do some sparkly stuff to do while it's all dark outside yeah there is that Maybe and i think it's that's what, that one of the things that's important about i mean that's another thing we did whilst we were in brighton we handmade all the restaurants brighton christmas cards yeah mm. uh, because uh reese who does a lot of work with us he's an artist and he did mm. a lino print and then we Lino printed 200 odd cards and sent them to all nice. our clients and one of, you know, contacts and all that business. But that was quite yeah. a nice therapeutic thing to do, I thought. It's quite nice to take yeah, the time to make Yeah, it's just good to get you out of your... The trouble is I've, I've sort of optimised my Christmas present buying so much now. Uh, literally, like, I, I, I was sort of, like, counting down to it, going, oh, I've got to do this, I've still got to do this. And then I literally got everything in one shop... In and it took me like 25 minutes and wow. it was done. And then I, the rest of the Saturday, I just sat on the couch. So I think I need to like do some something personal to just at least use the time a bit more next year. Because, wow. um, uh, yeah, I don't know, sort of figure out a system. Remember that there's a shop that might be quite a good one. Get it done as quickly as possible. But that's not really the point, is it? The point is that we're thinking about each other for a bit, for a change. Well, I quite enjoyed our, our family... Uh, Christmas did have a secret Santa element and it yeah. was um, £10 limit it could either be something you already have uh, mm. recycled or from a charity shop or found but your point mm. was you weren't allowed to buy something new uh, yeah. and so and, and that's actually quite because I, my daughter also had to be part of this <laughs> she was yeah. like She's no good at, Christmas, at present buying yet. Not especially when you're walking around a, a, a you know, a, a car boot sale or a charity shop. It's like, should we get mm. this for? I was like, it just it was too, it was too much. Um, but she tried to get us a, to buy a boxing punch bag thing, um, but uh, we were like, no, the people have got to hang that up in our house. <laughs> there won't yeah. be room. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a. But I found a couple of really nice things, and I got my uh, my sister's foster son. He got me a Oxfam Eco sandwich lunchbox thing, which is a very pretty and b very. Um, I wrapped all mine in in canvas bags, and everyone's mm. going, "Oh, I wonder who this is from." <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, I was responsible for wrapping three of them. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> People love buying presents for Sharon because she likes mushrooms. And I, uh, so my wrapping paper was mushrooms. So there was no, no doubt as to who the presents were from. Yeah. Mushroom <laughs> wrapping paper. the thing I, I i i'm conscious as we're talking about christmas that annette and family bloody love christmas my cousin literally her i think her main job is putting on this christmas show oh. so there's like months of work goes into this christmas spectacular in vancouver 
Vancouver Island. And um, so they bloody love Christmas. And it's a mega ritual there. So like I was there like a couple of years ago, like three or four. Um, And it seems to not have quite the same atmosphere of doom that it (laughs) it does in my house. (laughs) They just bloody love it. So I don't want Annette to think that I'm down on Christmas in any way or I don't think it's a nice thing. But we're, we're sort of like inventing our own approach to it all the time, really, because the sort of traditional one doesn't really work for me. Well, I think that we have here, they, they do this, you know, there's a village school play and then all the different ages get involved. And then all the kids get a present from the town, from the village um, mm. So they all got went to park yesterday, and my daughter's going. That little girl's got a doll just like the one I got. From, from, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a surprise. Um, mm. But uh, but you know, there's something that that was. I thought I think that's very nice, and you know, every it's a bit more. It is about the community, not about the individual. I think still here. Um, so, and yeah, I that's think nice. that's. And so that was kind of ritual, you know, if you're like you say, it is nice to have something sparkly to do whilst it's dark outside. Something yeah, that's what fun, I think something. is the crux of this. Like just let's uh, we put up some nice lights indoors and something that's green, like a tree indoors so that we can feel like it's not so bleak. So yeah. it's funny as well, like because uh, I was I was complaining about my December, like losing a few days in December and just not feeling that productive. But like, the you know, we're. It's also when it is getting dark so early, like before electric light and like all that. I mean, even with candles, like you just had to go to sleep in the winter. Like <laughs> yeah. you just had to sort of like wind yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And there is a we are kind of like built with this. So you just it's just stop you getting depressed in the winter. Really, these uh, winter rituals. Totally. So it's weird that Australia has to do it in the summer because it's like, well, what do you need Christmas for in the summer? Wow. Like. And that, that's a whole different conversation about mm. what these white folk with their with their Christmas rituals are doing in Australia in the first place, apart from <laughs> running away from fire. Um, it is important. It is really important, I think, all these... That's why, you know, I've had a few people wishing me a... a um, Wishing me well on the winter solstice, which I think yeah. is also quite, that's also quite nice to acknowledge that. And I, I went paddleboarding yesterday and the postman who is in the summer works in a restaurant. He's so like, mm. he saw me come out of the sea and he went, well, it is, we are moving towards spring after all, he said. So, you know, it's justifying my, my, my sea visit. I don't it, know why you would do this. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, somebody pointed out yesterday that because I didn't wear my wetsuit on properly because it's too hot she's like well mm. if you fall in it's going to be cold it's like that is what we're trying not to do <laughs> <laughs> the plan is to not fall in I'm going to fall in one of these days it's going to be really oh, cold mm. um, my so dad I- told me about when he was in uh, St Petersburg um, in the winter and uh, the, apparently they used to the, these Russian men are sort of like drinking a bottle of vodka and making a hole in the six inch thick ice to jump in and have a swim it's just you just sort of think surely hypothermia is a thing like how are these people not dying um some of them must do i've been to moscow in may and had and had because apparently a lot of uh drink snacks are in that part of the world because it's so cold of very fat based 
Yeah. So you literally were eating. I mean, it was, it was quite cold in the evening, but we were having a winter snack just so that my friends could demonstrate. So you have a glass of vodka and then basically a lump of pig fat. <laughs> it's like <laughs> smoke pig fat. It's like eat that. And it's like you just need because by the time you've walked from your house to your, you know, the front of, to your car, you've burnt it off. So the mm. amount of calories people need to eat when it's that cold is quite phenomenal. But anyway... <laughs> But I don't know how the vodka helps, to be honest. Isn't that, isn't that yeah, foe is it, keeping you warm? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> isn't, but, doesn't it just make you think you're warm? <laughs> when you Maybe actually... it does something, opens up some... Well, I don't know. Anyway. It's uh, not good to swim when drunk anyway, is it? So I don't know what they're doing, really. No. Um, so this is a rambly episode. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Christmas and... Uh, self-indulgent. Neoliberalism. Yeah, self-indulgent <laughs> rambly episode. <laughs> we need christmas to snap us out of our individualism um to some extent and that's that's really the the the, the biggest crime of neoliberalism it is, is. Imposing this this individualism on us and this fake meritocracy on us all, blaming us for everything that doesn't go right and just kind of divide and conquer, really. So I think that actually leads us very nicely into a potential, you know, a a New Year's resolution-y episode somewhere, but, but, you know, a, a looking forward. It is this, how do we make the community thing? How do we bring back? Yeah, how do we bring back community, the sense of community, the sense that you are responsible for each other? Yeah, and, and how do we... I'm going to frame that in another way that's a bit bleaker, which is how do we bring back community when I don't even want to particularly go into a shop where I can't just buy stuff from a machine? I just don't like... I just, I just want to self-checkout from a machine. <laughs> And my neighbours at knob end. And it's just kind of you look at next door and it's like these people are out of their minds. <laughs> it's like, how do you have community when uh, well the, but then yeah, I was listening I've been listening to some um uh team human stuff and it sounded like eating together is a very good starting point for all this. Communal space eating together is a really great way to kind of bring some some of that community back even if it's like once a week but you have a big kind of like meal with lots of people and that's put on somewhere and people come and they eat together because mm. it's like a low commitment activity you don't sort of like book it ahead of time or anything like that but it gets people into a room together and actually kind of interact with each other in a yeah without it having to be too much of a thing Maybe we should all go down the soup kitchens, down the food banks. Don't know. What's the community like at the food banks? Food? I don't. I don't know. Never been to one. Well, there's something you can do. You can volunteer at a food bank. Go and get some food. My, <laughs> you can't go get food. You have to be referred, Michael. This is one of the misconceptions. Oh, okay. So you just turn up and it. say, "I want some food." No, somebody has to work out that you're actually skinned and give you a referral and send you to the food bank. But you can go and volunteer at a food bank. I'm already angry enough from just reading about the situation, let alone actually... It's just going to give you more stories to hate the Tories. More stories to hate the Tories. 
another I story. Think, well, there is something about volunteering your time, I think, that is quite... Yeah. But I do... It is... I mean, I don't do anything frontline like that, but it is rewarding. I just, I'm too... Yeah, I'm too grossed out by food stuff, though. Like... So don't go to a food bank. I can't imagine you. I mean, I have to say, the idea of you going and sitting down and doing communal eating, where I don't think that's the way that you're... I don't think that's the way where your community lives. I mean, going no, I having a, like get it, a dog. Like, get a dog. It's, it's the modern... <laughs> oh, God. Get a baby. Go down the park, get a baby, get a dog. Get these people that... F- get these things in your life that force you to integrate. Otherwise, you end up with a... I mean, for every, for every time... I'm not that good at making friends. You know, I don't know. We were trying to do your thing of, um, like, being in the same place every week. Yeah. And we've been doing that for, well, I don't know, like a few months. But it just... I don't think it works in London. Really? I think there's just too many people. Everyone's in their own little world. And maybe we sort of reckon, have a little bit more of a rapport with some of the market people and the farmer's market. But um, I, in terms of actually, like, having a conversation with anyone, maybe, like, there were there's always... Because we, we, we sort of started off going for a coffee somewhere, but then we ended up making it about the farmer's market, which was near where the coffee place we were going to go to was, and just going to that every week. Um, but that's where there were always, like, the, you know, Lib Dems, like the people kind of handing out, getting petitions signed and things like that. So probably I need to just actually actively engage with those people to start with and just sort of talk about getting involved in that somehow. don't know. But it's like, here's the thing, like, we can talk about big plans about how we're going to do better for the world this year. But it's like, it's fucking miserable learning about all this stuff and seeing how much people suffer. It's, and it's like, you know, it's hard work and it's relentless and it's, I don't know, maybe it is rewarding just to feel like you've, I'm sure it is to feel like you've helped someone. But it's like, for me, I just want to make, cool stuff and do clever stuff on my computer why do I have to go out and talk to people yeah, but maybe you don't that's not your role in the community you know that's the reality of it so a community's everybody including the people yeah. that don't really like talking to people yeah. and the people that are shy and the people who you know are quite happy to sit on their computer next to the same person regularly and go all right I, mean, yeah, I like right. to be in a room with some people and I like to like I tell you what was good about Christmas was even though it was really intense like having so many people around and having to sort of like kind of be up be kind of switched up for a lot of the time and like playing with a little girl who wants to run around the house and like play hide and seek 25 <laughs> rounds like when you're like <laughs> and you're sort of having to pretend that you can't find her every time yeah, yeah. like all that, <laughs> that was surprisingly exhausting but um just being able to retreat back to my little private space for an hour every so often and just just let me watch a YouTube video on my own and just have a little nap. Um, it's just really necessary. But I, I do like... It's like you want that casual access to lots of people. I've definitely moved forward personally with that by sharing a studio, like instead of just having my own studio. So, you know, I'm, I'm sort of incrementing my way towards something. I'm... I'm just, this is rambly, but I'm worried about this. I'm worried that I'm in this youth club, for, which is like a community mm-hmm. project for kids. It's like got some, there's some religious stuff behind it, but 
everything around it is getting redeveloped, like everything. And I'm starting to worry that there's going to be a mysterious case of arson. Really? And this building is going to get destroyed and all my shit's going to get destroyed as well. And uh, uh, I'm starting to think, I would not be surprised if someone took a match to this place. Who's on the payroll of the property developers. Um, It's not like I can really get involved in entertaining kids, but um, I am sort of help supporting this building at least. Couldn't you do some making thing with them, like Arduino something or... Do you know what? Bloody kids bloody love playing on my music stuff. <laughs> so I've got this little headset and voice changing thing. I bloody love it. Like my Bruce's uh, kids came round. Bloody love it. I did always imagine like getting involved a bit more. But you're also like you don't want to advertise that you've got all this gear. Well, one of the things I've thought about doing here is because um, there's this international project for uh you know you build an arduino thing that measures air pollution mm. and uh you know it's kind of an open source thing data's public la 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 but i figured a that would get me back into making things and b something then i could do with the slightly older kids in the village if they were interested is to actually build things with them i mean mm. look the other thing another thing Another place where you can help, even if you can't do things with the children directly there, is um, volunteer in the library in the digital literacy thing. Just be there to help people who've come in to use the computers. Get on a rotor for that, of people who just don't know how to fill in, you know, can't have, don't have an email address, don't know how to do something. Um, Because it soon helps you. I think that would be enormously satisfying. You don't have to, I don't think you need to do loads of it. A bit of free tech support once a week. Yeah. Yeah. Just Might not be a bad idea. I bet your local library does something, and that's a great way to see I don't even know everybody. Got a local library. I'm sure you um, have. What, what, um, maps, ca- what, uh, council are you in? Uh, Brent or, oh. uh, Westminster. Well, Westminster's got probably, because they're the richest one in the country. Richest counts in the country with the highest incidence of mental health issues. I know there's something on um, I know there's something on Harrow Road, but I don't know if it's an actual active library. It'd be good if that was the one. Um, I and sometimes I think, yeah, we've just got to sort of do what we're excited about and interested in, and the sort of politics will come through one way or another. <laughs> like, yeah, that sort of thing will come through one way or another. But like, is 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 this stuff nutritious enough? Like, it's just, I don't want to be like a that ranty guy that's angry about the state of the world because no one respects that person that much, I don't think. No one respects the person that kind of, like, goes out and canvases. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if that's the right choice of words, but it doesn't change anyone's mind. It just makes you an other, Yeah, I think. So is this back to kind of meeting people where they are and just doing what you are interested in and hope that that helps. I don't know. I don't know. I think... I don't know. Anyway, speaking of Arduino, um, I was uh, on there. Uh, they uh, shared my video on the official Ooh. Arduino. Did they now? Giving me a, yes. That's exciting. So I'm totes in with those guys now. <laughs> Oh, 
On the subject of you can't control everything, you can't control the world, you can control you and your place in it. Um, I think you just have to keep trying. <laughs> I mean, I can help more people with their computer, really, can't I? Do you know, I've just been, I've just been, I just thought what I've been enjoying recently is, well, I've, I've been streaming programming and stuff on Twitch and just it's nice to see that some people seem to get something out of that and that's just me showing just not being just kind of like putting something out there that like the the idea that I can benefit people by doing something I'm already doing is my ideal situation <laughs> yeah totally well yes rather than stepping out of what you I mean that's the idea isn't it? Yeah, well, you're just going to be like clumsy if you don't know the place that you're trying to interact with people. I do want to go to more like council meetings and things and speak out a bit more, but that means I've got to find out how to do that. And oh, I just yeah. feel like no one's talking about the right thing. Well, my just... my daughter asked me yesterday what I wanted to be when I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? A gardener. <laughs> I said, I want to be a famous gardener. She's like, Mummy. And then she looked at me. She said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then she looked at me and went, when you're bigger. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when you're more grown up. Oh, then another thing she said to me the other day. Mummy, are you not into ballet because you're fat? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thanks, love. Do you know... Do you know what? Like I had this moment <laughs> yesterday. Like I, I, I needed to. That there's. I've, I've got this. I'm in this one of the little rooms in that in my parents' house, and on the back of the door is hanging this bright pink polka dot dressing gown. That kind of I need to come, get, you know, come out of the shower and kind of go back to the room probably. And I was just having this like. I, I, th- one of those kids sees me swearing that I'm never going to get the bloody end of it, am I? <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to be mean or something. So I was like scurrying back to the. Luckily, no one saw me, but I had to like uh, <laughs> go from the bathroom in this. Not to mention that my pajamas are like high contrast black and white checks. So if, you know, I look like a flipping Harlequin. <laughs> it's quite fetching. Oh dear. <laughs> we just got to focus on what we can control yeah. and what we can control is where we go who we talk to yeah i've never liked talking to strangers really i've just finished malcolm gladwell's book talking i did it as the audio book his uh, talking to strangers which is all about um well it's the hook is sort of this woman that the policeman like pulls her over and for after kind of sort of being the cause of her pulling over and then kind of calling her up for not indicating when she pulled over to get out of his way kind of thing so and um and basically she ended up you know he's like she she's kind of getting stressed out by it lights a cigarette she's he's like can you put the cigarette out please and she's just going what the hell is going on and then ends up getting arrested and being basically committing suicide after three days being in prison and basically like a lot of stories about the role of various factors in how we kind of understand people uh when we meet them so talking about this assumption of transparency that people's outer what they present 
on their faces actually represents what they're feeling inside, which works 99% of the time. This uh, default to truth, which is if we meet someone, we tend to assume that they're telling the truth and then putting that in the context of like the Bernie Madoff uh, Ponzi scheme guy oh, that yeah, like yeah, loads yeah. of people just... And talking about what it takes to expose or like expose a paedophile or expose a, 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 a con man is actually just means going so far against the grain of what actually makes society work as society where like the default to truth means once in a while you might get ripped off but if if everyone was constantly suspicious of everyone else just society would collapse yeah and kind of like drawing all that all all back so we do like we do tend to if everyone starts being suspicious and not believing what anyone else says, we the human race disappears because we are built on that, and it's very it's quite hard for us to like literally like someone literally saw a child being molested in the shower, and still you know it's so hard to believe you still didn't want to believe it, and then like parents literally being told by their child like this doctor just made me feel uncomfortable when they're in the room, people just don't want to see it because it just, it would just just blow up their world so much so these people can just get away with stuff. But I guess kind of the conclusion was if that's the price to pay for a society that works, it's better than the alternative, unfortunately. So interesting book, but also like it was, he, he kept going on on his podcast about how it was like, it's produced, it's got like podcast, it's an audio book with like podcast production values. So they've got the audio of the actual people being quoted and you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So it's a good, uh, it's a good listen. A good listen, um, an entertaining listen. Uh, let me talk about as well, like my dad got me a, another popular science book, obviously, because that's what he always does. And I, at this point, especially I'm like, I'm, I'm this, this stuff is too far away from what, I can actually do anything about right now. So, like, I don't really want to get obsessed with the fundamental nature of the universe when there's so much to learn about. Because the book, I got him four books for his birthday. So I got him The Guilty Feminist, um, which is very... Like, I started reading it. I haven't read that one, but I definitely kind of want my own copy because it's very nicely written. So good one to Deborah. Um, I got him uh, Grace and I want to say Grace and Perry's um, Descent of Man book, which I thought was an interesting one. I got him uh, Utopia for Realists, and I got him Donut Economics. Cool. And so that was that was that was my. Uh, I'm going to give my dad some stuff that I've been thinking about <laughs> while he continues to think about science <laughs> stuff. So they're, they're my recommendations for this year, if you haven't read them. <laughs> nice one. No, that's good. Um, but I, I guess I'll be reporting back on this book. He, he kept sort of like uh, going on about how great this book is that he's got me, so I'm looking forward to that. I also got a cop, my own copy of the Watchmen graphic novel, which is just, uh, again, sucks you right in. It's a good one. Worth knowing the gist of before watching the TV series. The next episode. So what we this we actually recorded this one after the one that is going to come out after it. I think because <laughs> um, this one we sort of talked about Christmas quite a lot, so it'd be a bit weird if that came out halfway through January. But I think the next one's going to be a bit grimmer because we had to get a lot of a lot of stuff out of our system, which I still don't think we're close to doing. No, but we're getting serious about politics in the next episode. But this for this one, let's just. 
you know, wish everyone happy new year, happy peace new to all year. people. Just hope your, uh, hope your family time was instructive and enjoyable on some level. It seems <laughs> like all the families have their problems, even the most enviable ones, the ones that seem so functional. Yeah, everyone's got problems. Everyone's got problems. But I think I think my I think overall, my uh, Christmas time was one of the better ones this year. After some initial stumbles. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening. If you bloody love the podcast, you can subscribe. grandpodcast.com and click the subscribe button or in the app you're listening to and then you'll auto download and even if you don't listen to it we'll feel good because our stats will go up yes that's true <laughs> that's definitely true i like stats <laughs> where can people find you Ivanka? people can find me at Ivanka on twitter and increasingly at grand podcast on instagram i sometimes upload the occasional thing to that instagram too but mostly Ivanka's taking care of it Find me at microforestmusic.com, which links through to all my other stuff I'm doing. I'm streaming on Twitch. I'm releasing YouTube videos. I'm about to hopefully start a new series on that if you're interested in how to do fancy graphics in code. Um, you can, if you're feeling generous, if you want to keep us going, because it's been, we've had a bit of a stumble recently, and it's, it, I think it, it was very encouraging to get an email from uh, a listener who. It appeared to place some value on what we're doing here even if it's hard to feel like it has any value sometimes I know it does for us um, but it's always nice to hear from you if um, if you do get something out of this and you know, if you want to go to the next level there is a Patreon there is a PayPal just have a look in the description <laughs> that sounded very different that ended downhill they, um, if I don't, you, so you, you, you sort of, I say it every week but it's like I think truthfully we need to intersperse some of these things uh, I know when you're listening ads, it's add a, breaks we need to add break for ourselves because I'm not sure yeah. once we stop talking I don't know who listens to the very end but anyway mm. on that note it would be marvellous if you could also write us some reviews star ratings that sort of things tell your friends subscribe your friends give us some feedback email at us at hello at grandpodcast.com if you have any thoughts any topics you think we should cover any points you think we've missed help yourself we're very happy to read any feedback and it, yeah really. where do we help us yeah where do we go from here really if you've got some thoughts uh, you know conservative victory wise give us your send us what you're thinking in terms of that knowing what we've talked about on the podcast because I I'm a little bit like still a little bit defeated on all of it and it's, it'd be good to find some hope and some um, optimism about the future given that we're just committed to five years of bullshit <laughs> <laughs> we could do this <sighs> uh, sorry yes we're going to say goodbye so goodbye bye bye, bye. bye.